Lone Star 187 is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. File 24, Stacy Stites. Welcome back. Another week. Another fuck yourself. story. Another tale. Oh my gosh. Texas is full of them, huh? Yeah. We don't think we ever have to worry about running out of stories. No, 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 no. We be crazy up in here. Uh, so this one is a crazy one as well as the previous episode was. For the first time in all of the times we've done stories... This one is relevant in the news right now. Okay. So we'll get to that, or you may figure it out as we're going through it. But this one happened in a different town, but this is about Stacy Stites. It happened in 96, so a little bit about Stacy. At the time of all this, she was 19 years old. She lived in Giddings, Texas, and that is between Austin and Houston. Small town, 5,000 people. The motto of the city is Giddings, Texas. Experience hometown hospitality. Well, ain't that How sweet? How about that? Oh, well, half-baked murder. You know it. You know it. <laughs> More murder, y'all. More murder. Murder, murder. Stacy Stites met a guy named Jimmy Fennell Jr. in 1995 at the Smithville Jamboree. She was uh, <laughs> not a jamboree. A, a jamboree. Can you believe it? I had to leave that in there. Hey, what the fuck is a jamboree? <laughs> what is that? It's like a. Fair party like a, kind of thing where there's a lot of dancing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a... <laughs> like jam skating? Why you gotta bring up jam skates? <laughs> I like to jam skate. I'm just not really good at it. Why you gotta I bring it up? I can roll over some derby, though. <laughs> Why? It's not relevant. I love you. <laughs> you know jamboree. How, you know how when they have like little carnivals in small towns and they have fair wheels and cotton candy and all that? In smaller towns, they'll also have a little dance arena where a little area where they have bands and they two-step and they do all kinds of dancing that you stay. So stay an outside patty. Jamboree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Stacy, at the time she met Jimmy, she was a high school senior. She was very friendly. She was athletic. And according to one of her friends, she was a flirt. When she was 16, a spring break fling in Corpus Christi produced a child that she ultimately put up for adoption. Okay, so Jimmy was a law officer beginning his career at the Bastrop County Jail, which we're somewhat familiar with. That was in one of our previous stories. Mm -hmm. Jimmy and Stacy dated, and when Fennell joined the Giddings Police Force, they moved into an apartment on the edge of Lee County. And how old was he? Around her same age. Okay, so they were, he wasn't like a lot older than her. No, no, no. Okay. Very, very close to the same age. They moved into an apartment and she put money down on a wedding dress. They were planning to get married in May of 96. More about Stacy. They said she was vivacious, beautiful and friendly. She had bright blue eyes, loved athletics. She played basketball at the Smithville High School and she had graduated just a year before all of this. So she spent many of her younger years in the coastal town of Corpus Christi, which we talked about before. But current, you know, at the time all this happened, she she worked at HEB. She was trying to save money 
for their wedding. So she worked the overnight shift because she made like 50 cents extra an hour mm-hmm. for working late shift. And in mid-April, wedding preparations were taking up most of her time. This is stuff her sister saying. Her sister, Crystal. Crystal said that Stacy was going to be the first sister to do a full-blown wedding. Uh, she wanted it to be perfect. She worked her butt off to make money to get married. And this is kind of sad, but I'm going to throw that in there. At her funeral, they said that they buried Stacy in the wedding dress that she worked so hard to afford. Isn't oh my that God. sad? It's so sad. So basically, I told you she worked the night shift. So her routine was that she would wake up at 2.45 in the morning for the 45-minute drive to the HEB that she worked at. So it was like 30 miles through the Lost Pine Forest, which is along Highway 290 and State Highway 21. And Jimmy didn't like her driving that long trip during that time of the night, but it worried him, but she still did it. And she, he said that most of the time she would skip breakfast and she would have like a glass of water with her and she wouldn't stop. She would just get in the car and go straight to work, right? Because it's late and it's a long drive and she didn't want to run the risk of having something happen. But on the morning of April 23rd of 96, Stacy never arrived for her shift. How many of our freaking stories start like this? The person didn't show up for work and that's the first clue that something's wrong. Yes. Thank you. Which, what does that tell us, friends? If you go to work every day, it is more likely that if you go missing, your job will call. If you don't go to work a lot, your job will never know if you are missing. Like, if I didn't show up for work, my boss would be like, call 911, she's dead. Something's wrong. If I didn't show up, I'm sure a couple people that I worked with would text and say, hey, you didn't show up, we haven't heard from you, are you okay? I don't think they would assume something bad right away, but they'd be like, hey, did you oversleep? Are you pissed? Like, what's going on? (laughs) I'm sure they would reach out though. So the coworker that called to say, hey, Stacy didn't show up for work, had called Stacy's mom. Her name was Carol. And the coworker could hear Carol yell for Jimmy, call the police. Fast forward to May of 98. So this happened in April of 96. So now we're in May of 98. Okay. Okay. So a couple of years have passed. Nothing happened, right? They... Let me go into... De- well, I'll go into detail about what happened with her, but I'm just giving you high level right now. So a Bastrop County Jail jury convicted a man named Rodney Reed of the murder of Stacy Stites. The reason they arrested him is because he uh, his DNA matched semen that was found on her body. Okay. So based on that alone, the prosecution said he raped, sodomized, and strangled her, oh, although... So- That was the only evidence. There was no physical evidence connecting him to her crime or anything. The prosecutor, her name was Lisa Tanner, uh, argued that the case was simple. The DNA matched, and so that means he did it. But how often is it really that simple, right? It really, really, really never is. So if we consider these few things, I know I'm jumping way ahead, but we're going to fill in the gaps. Let's say, okay, so Rodney Reed happened to be a black man. Stacy Stites was a white female. And her fiancé was a police officer. So it's a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you see, dun, dun, dun. So obviously those three things influenced what happened. That is a very drastic piece of evidence. I get that. But I don't know if you can go there right away. I well, no, don't I mean to do a lot of research and a lot of investigation and a lot of well, just talking be- to people. Just because semen is on her just means that either there was consensual sex or maybe a rape but it doesn't mean he killed her right you know that's what they're saying i mean god forbid something happened to me and they find me and they're like well the husband did it there's stuff on her it had to be him just because we were intimate doesn't mean he killed me Mm -hmm. right right that's what normal people say so right now ronnie reed is on death row 
He's been insisting from the very beginning that he's innocent, that his conviction was a grave miscarriage of injustice. Uh, the prosecution failed to investigate physical evidence, alternative suspects, especially Jimmy Fennell. And Reed had mostly court-appointed attorneys that were shitty, right? And they also said that the prosecution withheld really crucial evidence that might have helped exonerate Reed. Mm. So Reed, here's Reed's story. He says this was an interview that was done with him over the past few years. Okay, so Rodney says that he met Stacy about six months before it, it happened. He said it was a coincid it was coincidental. He said he was hanging out at a place off Highway Texas Highway 71. They had pool tables and music. He said I don't remember how we met except that she was there and I was there and we talked. You know, you meet women and talk. Talking led to sex. Um, so basically, they started having an affair. He said Stacy would come by his house or find him at the grocery store where he hung out. Sometimes she would drive by an hour or two before she reported to work from the crack of dawn shift at HEB. She would be in a cherry red pickup. So when she drove to work, she would drive. He had a cherry red Chevrolet pickup. She would pick him up and they would go someplace and be together. And he said, I was with her that day before all this happened. I'll tell you that. That's why they found my sperm in her. I was with her, but I did not kill her. Well, what reason would he need to kill her? Well, the problem is when they very first started talking to him, he said he didn't know her. Oh. So he said... Well, why would he? He's a black man having an affair with a white woman and her yeah, fiancé is a policeman. He's scared, exactly. I mean, he I wouldn't want to say anything either. He said, I wish I hadn't denied that. That was a mistake. Of course, they used that against him. Also, Reed's defense lawyers were really reluctant to call several people as witnesses who gave statements swearing that they had seen Rodney and Stacy together because the entire jury was white. The entire jury. And we're talking in like late 90s. Right. So the night of the murder, the apartment that Jimmy and Stacy lived in was downstairs from Stacy's mom. So Carol and her husband lived upstairs and Stacy and Jimmy lived downstairs. So they lived really close together. Carol said that she saw Jimmy and Stacy go. Sorry, Jimmy and Stacy lived upstairs. My bad. Uh, she saw them go upstairs to their apartment in the early evening. Jimmy had been out with his friend David Hall, another Giddings police officer, and that was the last time that she saw her. Jimmy testified that the two took a shower and that Stacy left about 3 a.m. taking his pickup. She never arrived. Oddly, policemen found the truck behind the high school later in the afternoon. Later than that, a driver passing by saw Stacy's body off a road right outside of Bastrop. That's how they found her. She had been strangled with a belt that was left on the edge of the road. The medical examiner figured she had been dead about 9 to 12 hours. So let's do some math. If they found her, like, say it was 2.45 in the afternoon, that means she would have been killed... Anywhere from 2.45 a.m., 9 hours would have been 5 a.m. So between 2 and 5 a.m. she was killed, which would be on her way to work. On her way to work, yeah. So in the parking lot... Of the high school, they found inside the truck, the only fingerprints that they found were Jimmy's and Stacy's. The driver's seat was cranked back to a steep recline, which I think is odd. The seat belt was buckled at the waist. There was mucus on the passenger side floor and the transmission hump, you know, like the hump mm-hmm. in the middle of the truck. Mucus, like... It just says there was mucus on the passenger side floor. Investigators never tested it. The truck's doors were locked. A piece of the leather belt 
that was used to strangle her was left on the ground by the driver's side door. Mm. Was this her belt she yes. was strangled with? Oh, yes. damn. Yes. Were they able to tell if she was raped or they don't know? They said she was raped, sodomized, and stabbed. Oh, my God. So she was wearing a black bra and jeans. Her white t-shirt was wadded up and closer to the road. She had been burned after her death in large splotches on her face, arm, breasts, and thighs. I forgot about that. So maybe they thought they could just set her on fire? To get rid of any evidence. And people don't realize that it's not that easy to just burn a human body. They think you can just light it like you light a fire. It's not that easy. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm trying. I'm just saying... (laughs) Like, I've, I've, I remember hearing and watching a lot of documentaries where, on murders, and people will try and burn the body afterwards, and it's like, you can tell by the evidence that they realized, oh, this didn't work like I thought it would work. Well, I mean, especially if her clothes aren't on, because it, she's just wearing her bra and her jeans. Her, oh yeah, she had a, a bra and jeans on, so if she doesn't have her shirt on and not very many clothes, then it's the clothes that burn, mm-hmm. not your body, right? Mm-hmm. Or your body eventually does, but the clothes are what catches. Her H-E-B name tag, this is so weird, I don't know why this freaks me out, was lodged in the crook of her knee. Like, how does that happen? I guess in the struggle? I don't know. There were no fingerprints on the tag. Two hairs were found on her. One was unidentified. One appeared to have some similarities to the hairs of Stites' Corpus Christi boyfriend, who was the father of the child she put up for adoption when she was 16. What? It says, police learned that the boyfriend had been with his family the night of the murder. So she had two boyfriends and well, a fiance? No, this was a previous boyfriend. Remember we talked in the beginning during a spring break in Corpus, she, she had, had a fling. Had a one oh, night yeah. stand and yeah. got pregnant and gave it yeah. up for adoption. Yeah, okay. So it says boyfriend, but it was really just someone okay. she met. Okay. Yeah, on spring. Some not asshole. current boyfriend. Okay. Um, so his hair was on there. Maybe he had been in the truck. I, I don't know. That's it, weird. It says, but they cleared him because he was with his family the night of the murder. So why maybe the hair was there from a while back? I don't know. The larger piece of the belt was on the road, pointing toward the body. They also found. Two bushlight beer cans on the grass across the road from where her body was found. So the test of the three intact sperm found on her body matched Reed's DNA. There was also saliva on her breast, which matched Rodney Reed's DNA. Okay, so there's a Texas Ranger named L.R. Rocky Wardlow. Don't you love the nicknames mm-hmm. of the Texas Rangers? Mm-hmm. Johnny Pistol so- Hanhan. <laughs> So Rocky tells the court that investigators never even requested a search warrant for the apartment Fennel and Stacy shared because mm-hmm. he said the investigators lacked probable cause. However, according to other law enforcement agencies, that's what you do. You Whether or not he is implicated, that's the last place she was seen alive prior to being in the truck. So maybe she left some evidence there. You know, you've got to go check. That's the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And as her fiance, doesn't he want the killer found? Exactly. Doesn't he want to cooperate and say, hey, I looked at the, I looked in the apartment and I didn't find anything. You guys want to come look, come look. Maybe I missed it or maybe I'm biased or I should be grief stricken. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and you should, in that moment, you are no longer a police officer. You know, you lost your fiance. Mm -hmm. Nine times out of 10, the prime suspect. You need to There's step too. step back and right. let the detectives do their work. Let the people, yeah, you know, you're going, you're, you've got emotion, and you're not going to be able to help us productively because mm-hmm. of what you're going through. Completely unbiased. Absolutely. <laughs> Obviously, looking through the apartment should have been standard procedure. So um, they never looked in the apartment. Mm-mm. No. What the hell? <laughs> Actually, they one of the local officers said that's crazy. That would have been considered part of the crime scene, mm-hmm. and that would have been enough. 
to get a search warrant. Like they didn't even try. So that's not like they tried to get a search warrant. They said, well, you don't have probable cause. They didn't even try at all, which I think is suspicious. Also, the DPS didn't complete all of the forensic testing on the truck before they released it to Fennell. Wait. (laughs) Yes, you heard me. The DPS did not complete all of the forensic testing on the pickup truck before they released it to Jimmy. Because he's a police officer? I don't know why. I'm pretty sure that's why. Because how many times have we read and heard in cases Mm -hmm. where they impound the vehicle to the FBI or the detectives and those people don't get their cars back until a jury... For years. Yep. It's locked up. It is until someone is on death row for this, Mm -hmm. right? Well, remember, we're talking about a little tiny town... No, we're Giddings, talking about Texas. a police. Hey, Bill, I'm going to need my truck back now, okay? <laughs> I'm going to need it to drive around and do yeah, some Yeah, no, I won't wipe anything down. I'll you just drive things. it. I mean, my prints are already there, so I'll just drive it to H-E-B. No problem. The other DPS officers are like, hey, we need the analysis of the cab of the truck. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to know she had to have been in there at some point, but the truck was gone. Two DPS officers were having conversation. I needed to analyze the truck. And it was like, they said, where's the truck? And he goes, oh, I gave it back to the suspect. And he goes, why the hell did you give the truck back to him? So reminds me of McGowan. Previous story. What the hell? Mm-hmm. Went against protocol. Jimmy leaves because he doesn't want to deal with all the bullshit. So he moves to Georgetown, becomes a police officer there. Why? Why doesn't? <laughs> why does he need to leave? That's what happens. What reason does he have to leave? Yeah. Small town. Everybody. Small town people. Just asking. People are. They won't leave him alone. Even his mom says he's just been trying to put this behind him, but it just keeps coming up again. That sounds really familiar. Haven't we heard this? Haven't we heard other mothers say this about their psychopath sons? He was so normal. He was just a regular boy when he was out there torturing those poor squirrels. (laughs) I can't with this. Yeah, it's frustrating (laughs) as hell. It's so frustrating. So the reason that Rodney was arrested in the first place, he was accused of sexual assault in 95 so they arrested him and that's when they did his dna and it matched so he had a history of it that doesn't let's not focus on that but that is why he was there all right so in may of 97 dps tested some of the dna found on one of the beer cans okay it could not eliminate fennel or his friend david hall remember that cop friend Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or another cop Name Ed Salmela, some Sal, S-A-L-M-E-L-A, Salmela. Mm-hmm. It couldn't couldn't eliminate them, but the defense ran tests on the can too, but didn't find the same match. So yeah, I guess it depends on who tested as to what they find. I guess there wasn't enough DNA to prove 100%, but mm-hmm. they couldn't eliminate or say for sure. So it was a little bit of a, a wash. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I believe either one of those because already all this shit, it's, it's bad. Also, that's not the end of the DNA test on the beer can. A second DPS report said only 1 in 33,000 people besides Hall had the DNA combination found in the can. The matches for Stites and Salmella were weaker between 1 in 45 and 70. And Alice, there's 5,000 people. Yeah. So he's nine times more likely to be the suspect. But then there was another analysis done by a statistician. And that one concluded that neither Stites, the Salmelo, or Hall could have contributed to the DNA. So nobody can get the same answer. Yeah. It's a shit show. (laughs) The biggest shit show, I think. Yes. And the other problem is that the testimony during the trial went in a thousand different directions. It was as bad as the analysis on the beer can. It's like this and that and this. 
points over here and points over there. Nobody's getting the same story. But a lot if, of flaccid evidence. Yes. But Rodney Reed's DNA was not on those beer cans, correct? No. His name didn't even come up when they were... So... Yeah. Interesting, huh? Good point. Mm-hmm. Or Stites, right? Right. So what? Like, Hall and Fennel are just on the other side drinking beer watching watching this? Is that is that what... The storyline, the evidence yeah. is saying, the evidence is saying that they're watching Stacy with this man and then watch him kill her or something. Is that what they're saying? They're not saying. They're just saying they Rodney there. did it. That's no, the problem. they're saying let's shove this square into a round hole. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what you have to do, but make the shit fit. That's, that's exactly, what it sounds like. That's exactly what it is. Twice, investigators gave Jimmy lie detector test. They asked if he had strangled Stacy, and twice he showed deception when he answered no. After the second polygraph test, he asked for an attorney, and of course they repeat again, his apartment was never searched. Was Rodney Reed given a polygraph? I don't, it didn't say. Okay. That's the only piece of evidence they had on him. But I'm saying you would think, you would think with a normal brain, Mm -hmm. that Hmm. if you... Do a lie detector test on Fennel and he shows deception, but there's no DNA there. Then let's talk to the person that there is DNA. And if he shows no deception, then wouldn't that lead you back to the deceptor? Because he is... Only if you hadn't already made up your mind about what happened. It's not about your mind. It's about the evidence. But what I'm saying is... No, no, you're right. But the people that were the prosecutors already made up their mind that Rodney did it. So there was no... I mean, and remember, he had shitty court-appointed defense attorneys, so... And a background. Yes, and a, somewhat of a background. And, and he was a black man was that was say, having an affair with a white woman. And he's black, which so, Which sucks. No, it sucks. And we're sorry. We should be sorry. I mean, to be honest, too, I mean, it's, it does it does look open and shut. Like, uh, it, it, it does. It does. It, I mean, it does, but it, Outside it doesn't... Outside looking in. It's... It's very, it's a very flaccid piece of evidence. Yes. <laughs> it is a very flaccid piece of evidence. very limp Just because... Your fingerprints are on the gun doesn't mean you shot it, right? That's you the situation. Just it up. Right, but nine times yeah. out of ten, yes, it is. It is the, you're it the is. one that did it. Nine but times out of ten. But that's why you have to have corroborating evidence that makes everything go together. A little because... bit stiffer evidence, yeah. Not so flaccid. Flaccid sucks. No, that's more of a lubricant evidence <laughs> that makes the flaccid now hard. hard. Mm-hmm. Are we still talking about murder? I'm, I'm really lost. Yeah, no, this is, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Also, though, it could be an auto or hypop. You know, the the people that, that auto erotic, like, like they like to be choked during sex. Oh, so maybe true. maybe he was having sex with her and he went a little too far. And that's a good and, point. You know, like he just it could happen. He didn't he, want to say nothing to nobody, so he didn't know her. But you know, his DNA. Know I'm just saying, you oh, know, like oh, he oh. said at the beginning, I don't know her. Uh, I was just you know having a little bit of sex, and all of a sudden she wasn't moving anymore. It happens. Oh. So there's there's one avenue that could be explained. That's true. That is a theory. A very good point, producer. An awful one. Sorry. Yes. Uh, no. This is where I go. <laughs> so I get in trouble for necrophilia, but you can talk about auto erotica. Auto erotica getting off on? Yeah. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. That was bad. That I'm was sorry. damn. I'm sorry, Stacy Stites family. Mm. Okay. Remember, they said. His apartment was never searched, but the prosecutor said in one court document that the dwelling was canvassed. Okay, whatever. Like, from afar? No, it was painted by one of the cops. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was canvassed. <laughs> he was 
happy little tree here and a gonna, happy little red Chevy truck over yeah, here. Yeah, I'm going to put a happy little belt around her neck right here. Right. So during Reed's trial, Jimmy described a torturous seven months as police questioned him about the killing. He was eliminated as a suspect in the killing because investigators never found how he could have gotten from Bastrop back to Giddings with his truck parked in the high school parking lot. So he has no buddies. He has no friends. He has no one with a vehicle that can get him anywhere. And there's absolutely no way that he could have been in the truck with her. Good point. They talked to some of the jurors and they said it was a very, very nightmare of a trial. They had to go. It took six weeks and the testimony was gut-wrenching and the graphic images that they had to see of her and... That had to suck. One of the jurors said the most compelling evidence was found by the medical examiner, Bayardo. And that was that Stacy was sodomized at the time of her death. That provided a more solid foundation for a guilty verdict. That makes my stomach hurt. But how does that... I yeah, mean, how, how does, how does that, that correlate like, to a guilty verdict? Because They you're, hated him more? Well... I don't know that I agree with that, but that's what they said. Because what we were saying earlier, this is a black man who has a past, somewhat of a past with sexual assault. And this is a white woman that could not be having an affair with a black man. Or there's no way she could have liked it in the ass. There's no way that could have happened. Wow. I'm just saying, if she's having an affair with this man, who knows what kind of sex relationship they had. And we don't know. Yeah. I mean, we, we don't know. We, we don't assume. know. No. You shouldn't assume you shouldn't that. Get in Probably like the butt stuff too. I mean, the butt I'm, stuff. And and obviously it looked like she was sodomized. Which if she was sodomized against her will, that's awful. So Bastrop is normally a very peaceful county. However, ten days after Stites' murder, another Bastrop woman by the name of Mary Ann Art was strangled and then raped on the back of a pickup. David Allen Lahan, a 23-year-old Bastrop County resident confessed and was sentenced to 50 years in prison. Two boys were with him during this crime. One boy swore in a statement given to authorities, I did the girl in Bastrop too. Mm. Okay. Yeah, but there's not really evidence of that. I don't understand why these people like to take credit for that. I don't You know, like, that's really, really disgusting. Not just on a murderous level, but like, even if there was a bank that was robbed, not like, hey... I did that bank in Addison. But when you're twisted like that, think about serial killers and psychopaths. They want to brag and they want the credit. Even if they didn't do it, lots of serial killers have done that. Oh, yeah, I did that. Even if they didn't because they're like... They do it for the vine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so one of Reed's attorneys in the past, he started talking to a private investigator by the name of Dwayne Olney. And his wife, Pat, they have their own detective agency. They were hired back when this happened to do their own research. Most of the evidence that was found was never presented to the jury. This is what Pat and uh, Dwayne are saying. They're talking to Reed's current attorney. The Texas courts don't allow polygraph tests admitted as evidence because they're not always reliable. So Fennell's results were excluded. That's why they didn't include them. I hear it over and over that they're inadmissible. Mm -hmm. And, And I get that. And I hear they say that they do them to get a feel for the for the person. And if they're deceptive, they know they're lying, so they know they know something. Mm-hmm. So if they're inadmissible, what the hell do we do them for? I think we do it for a couple of reasons. One, to, to get a feel to see if they're lying. And two, sometimes I think it scares people to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. It's a starting point, too. It is. I mean, Fennell did it twice, and he was deceptive both times. Nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Nothing was investigated. At minimum... Even if he had agreed and said, 
going to going back to the producer's point of well this is what she liked and I did strangle her in the past that's why it came out that way I just didn't strangle her to death yeah that would make sense that would clear your name that would take a little bit more doubt that I have I have a lot of mm-hmm. doubt about him mm-hmm. but that would clear a tiny bit of doubt not enough so the Olneys were tasked with digging up evidence for the defense but right away from the start they ran into trouble because they needed witnesses to prove their relationship Right. And the witnesses didn't want to talk. He says people were afraid to come forward. They were afraid of the police there. The whole law enforcement, they were all about protecting the fellow officer. Of course. Mm -hmm. Because he could never do something like that. Well, and obviously, and there's so much left unexplained. Like, how could the truck be free of fingerprints? Show me one fingerprint from riding in that truck. And I'll give up, said Mm -hmm. this private detective. It It is very questionable how he could have killed her and not ever been in that vehicle. Now, mm-hmm. it's possible that maybe he met her in his own vehicle and never got in the truck with her. Well, but no, he says, remember when in the, earlier in the story when we were talking, when he was talking about from prison, that she would pick him up in the red truck. So there probably were his prints in there. He'd been in the truck. She picked him up and they would go mm-hmm. have sex before she went to work and then she would go to work. That's why she left so early. But, you know, his prince being in there would actually be a little beneficial because it would corroborate that they were having an affair previously. Or it could also... Or it could show that he was there. Right. So it could be... It could go either way. But it also is bad for him because it doesn't corroborate they were having an affair. Yep. Why was the name tag in her legs? Was that remorse? How was she burned? What about the hairs found on her body? Does the evidence on the can show that somebody else was there? Like, there's so much shit that's unanswered, right? It's so frustrating. Maybe someone put the name tag there to make sure they would identify her fast. Maybe. Maybe they thought, I don't want them wondering who this is for a long time. I want them to know who it is. It's it's in such an odd place with no fingerprints on it, too. Yeah. Maybe that's why they put it there. Well, before they wiped it. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe not so much because they have remorse for her, maybe, but for her family. Yeah. I don't want her family suffering for what I've done, so Mm -hmm. I'll put this here and they'll know. So she's not laying here for too long, or like you said, it's not going very long before they identify her. Mm -hmm. Not to mention, there's probably a shit ton, two shit tons of evidence that never even saw the light of day because of all of the uh, cop buddies. Mm -hmm. Possible. Mm -hmm. Oh, I 100% believe it. And I think that's why... They didn't go in there is because there obviously had to be evidence there. There had in the to be. apartment. Yes. Yeah. There had to be. So remember, I mentioned David Hall, the mm-hmm. his cop buddy. So Hall testified that he and Jimmy were together the night of the murder. Uh mm-hmm. huh. And Sal Mella, who was the other cop, identified that they said were possibly the people that were drinking the beer. Oddly enough. In August, well, four months after the murder, he shot himself. Which one? Salmella. It says he took a gun to his left temple and pulled the trigger. The autopsy showed he was taking tranquilizers and antidepressants. His death was ruled a suicide. Do you think he was riddled with guilt? Or maybe they shot him. Maybe he was going to... Maybe gonna, they fed him a bunch like, of pills and shot him, yeah. Maybe he was like, look, I can't deal with the guilt of this. Mm. Like, maybe he saw them do whatever happened, what they did. One he way couldn't out. live with it. And he said, I'm going to come clean. And they were like, yeah, no, you're not. And I mean, they're cops, so they can make it look like a suit. They know what to look for, what to do, what not to do. What to make disappear, what not to see, what to or, see. Or maybe he really did commit suicide because he was felt guilty about what happened. Or maybe he wasn't there, but maybe they confided in him and 
Now he's carrying this shit around and can't live with it. And also, Salmela's brother, Scott, says his brother was right-handed, but that Ed was shot in his left temple. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. Also, the Bastroff police force had recently fired Salmela, and his doctor told the family that Ed was suicidal. Yet Scott said, I never thought he killed himself. This whole thing has never been right. I'm sure that those policemen started starting rumors that he was acting strange and that he wasn't safe to have a gun and that he was acting suicidal and he probably got outraged, right? Because he's like, I'm not suicidal. And his doctor's like, mm, you're suicidal. Right. Let's just give you a prescription for this mm-hmm. or drink this. It's mm-hmm. laced with whatever. The medical examiners testified that the sperm on Stites was too fresh to come from a meeting between Stites and Reed a day or a day and a half before the murder. And even if the semen did come from a previous time they were together, how does that explain the DNA match showing the saliva on her breast? Good questions, right? Did they not meet? I thought they met up that morning and had sex. He said the day before. like So not... Not the, the day of. Not the day of. I think okay. it was, I, I think it said a day and a half before. I missed that part. Yeah. So it was almost 24 hours before. Because if she was killed at the beginning of the, this morning, right? It would have had to have been the previous day. Like the previous day at work, maybe. Mm-hmm. And not the previous this time. Day. Okay. So they're saying the sperm was too fresh to have been there for 24 hours? Yep. How do they know that? Um, the vi- also- <laughs> viability of the sperm. The, there's more of the four people confessed or told others that they committed the crime. <laughs> the people, <laughs> yeah, the people that that uh, confess were hobos, which I know is a derogatory term, so I should have said homeless people. Or oh, people. I'm homeless workers. <laughs> homeless workers. They're not, they're, not, they're not hookers. They're sex workers and homeless workers. <laughs> homeless workers or people who confess to crimes because they read about them in the newspaper. Is that uh, a thing? I guess. I so. guess it is. But none of them matched the DNA that of was course. taken from her body. So Maybe they just wanted to test for the DNA. You know? <laughs> or maybe they just wanted to be in the news. I guess. Um, maybe they were trying to get the reward money. Okay, so we haven't talked much about this person. So Rodney's mom, her name is Sandra. In April of 97, which is still t- two years after, no, a year after, right? She suddenly recalled... Uh, an innocuous conversation that she had with her son before the murder, uh, nearly two years before. She said he was always dating several women at once, she said. And on one afternoon in October of 95, he told her about a new girlfriend, a new girl he had started dating. A new girlfriend. <clears throat> he told her about a new girl he had started dating. He said something about, Mom, I'm dating this girl, and she's engaged to a cop. And she said, I said, what? I said, Rodney, if you should ever be caught with that girl, anything could happen to you. I don't want her over here. And that was the end of it. Or so Sandra Reed thought. So she's saying that they were together way before, which contradicts what Rodney said, because he said he met her a few months before the murder. So she was trying to help him, but the timeline doesn't match up, you know? Hmm. Uh, And then obviously, well, not obviously, but Sandra wasn't the only one who connected her son to Stacy prior to the murder. Court records show 10 other people were publicly identified as witnesses to the affair, either during the trial or by affidavit, but none of them would come out with it. Because, again, they're afraid, and I think people are afraid of the cop. Yeah, they they make me feel guilty, and I didn't fucking do anything. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And so... Chris Aldridge, who is a cousin of Reed's, said that he could not only place Stites and Reed together before her murder, but also provide an alibi for Reed on the night of April 23rd. 
he said that they were at the community center near the Reed's family house because they had to go to work the next morning as a part of a crew helping to remodel the local Super S store. He says, I was with him until about 3 or 4 a.m. Then I went home, took a shower, ate something, and walked to Rodney's house, and we walked to work. Reed claims that yet another witness who might have helped verify this alibi was the realtor who supervised the remodeling job. Also was not called to the stand. So he has an alibi, and they still don't care. Nope, because his DNA was found in her. Shut Case closed. Uh, in two separate affidavits, Aldridge detailed other encounters he had had with Reed, including an occasion where four months before, he said the, the two men were walking together. He and his cousin were walking down the street and were stopped by Bastrop Sheriff's patrol car with two people in it. One he said was Jimmy, although not wearing his, he wasn't wearing his police uniform. He said, hey, I know about you and you're going to pay. And w- w- when was this? This was... Four months before her death. So that does kind of corroborate what his mom was saying. Yes. Also proves that Jimmy knew that she was cheating on him. Which confirms that they were having an affair, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. it wasn't just last minute decision on Rodney's part to take this girl, rape her, kill her, whatever, and then roll out. They were actually having an affair. Aldred was summoned to appear and was waiting in the back of the courtroom, but Reed's attorney told him it wouldn't be needed. He went up and talked to the judge the judge said something. He was up there for two or three minutes, came back and said, we don't need you. And he never he never testified. I believe 100% that the police force went after Reed's attorneys and was like, any evidence that you have that's going to defend him and not put him away, don't put it on the stand. That's bullshit. Don't be scared. And as a court-appointed attorney, he's being paid by the same people that's paying the policemen. Yes. So it's not like he's a private attorney that's from another state that's like, I don't give a shit what you have to say. You have mm-hmm. no power over me. These court-appointed attorneys go by the same rules as a policeman, right? They're in the same... They're supposed to. Know, Aren't me, you getting pissed no. off? I'm... It leads me to believe that any murder trial should be held a county over. Mm-hmm. Period. Like, I not agree. in the same place it happened. Yeah, ever. he definitely should have ever. gotten a change of venue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely should. But then that means he may have walked away. Mm-hmm. And they may have looked at Fennel, which they don't want. Nope. I mean, it's, I mean, I know you're not done yet, but yeah, it's infuriating. Okay. You're disgusted. Oh my gosh. I can't. And so other people said that they had seen Reed's and Stites together at the HEB and at, at their homes. And it included more than just family and friends. One of the witnesses named James Robertson said he saw Reed in jail while Reed was awaiting trial. And he told him then, I, I know that you and Stites were dating because I'd seen you together several times at parties. In addition to at least one of Stites' own relatives remains unconvinced. So most of her family does not believe that Jimmy Fennell had anything to do with it. They 100% believe that it was Rodney. Do they still live there? Yes. That's why they still believe him. Yep. Good point. They don't really have a choice otherwise. This one person who at the time asked to... Re- This person in her family that doesn't believe, most of them believe, one person doesn't, said it needs to be investigated. I'm going to say it the way she said it. It needs to be investigated more than what was done. I don't think it was investigated the way it should have been. I don't feel that Rodney Reed killed her. He didn't have to rape her. Let's put it that way. The same relative said there are other Stites family members who share the same opinion. But most of like um, their interviews with her mom, 
and her mom is just like, no, you know, we, we love Jimmy and we feel bad for him. He lost his fiance and, you know, there's no way he would have ever done that. And so according to the lead prosecutor, the decision to not call all of Reed's witnesses was very calculated. She said, we spoke to my co-counsel with every single person that gave us a witness and it was a double-edged sword. Several of them had their own troubles with the law. Several were relatives of Reed, so I guess they're going to say it's biased, right? Calling them to the stand would have allowed the prosecution to associate Reed with other criminal acts. Also, the prosecution could have had them introduce other sexual assault cases the prosecution claimed Reed had committed even though he had never been convicted. It was accusation, but there was no proof that he did it, okay? They would have brought them up and said, you know, look, he's just a bad person. This is what he does. This is repeated behavior. So some of the witnesses that they called were calculated, but not all of them, right? But it sounds like he did not get a fair trial. He did not. Because absolutely did not. It sounds like they assumed how the jury would react, and so they chose their... Their witnesses, witnesses and their character assassination. Yes, yeah. that would. Yeah, yeah. that's and because put perfectly. I don't. I can't obviously speak for all of America, but for me, I would think that as a jury, you would just want the honest answer and just give me, give it all to me out. Tell me what's going on. Show me all the cards. Mm-hmm. There's this man who has been accused of sexual assault, never been convicted, doesn't mean he didn't do it, but he hasn't been convicted, so there hasn't been enough evidence to show that he did it. No proof. And let him get on the stand and say, yes, this, yes, I did this, and yes, I did this, and I didn't do that. Because honesty goes a long way. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to cover up, and then what is the jury supposed to think? Only witnesses coming up here. Where's his family? Did his family not even believe that he didn't do it? You know, that would be my question Mm -hmm. is... If this man is being is fighting for his life, where are the people that love him? And if he's such a great person, where are the people in his life that he's influenced and that want him to survive? Yeah. Shame on you the know? jury for not asking those questions. Because I'm sure his family was sitting at trial waiting to be, well, his cousin was. Mm-hmm. And you know, his mom had to be there waiting for like, let me get a chance to mm-hmm. get up there and talk about my son. Right. The, the person I raised and I know better than anyone. Or are is his family so shamed with all these possible sexual assaults that they don't want to? Or they fucking know that he did it. I mean, the, look at the other side of the coin. They didn't want any association because he went back and bragged about how he did it. Yeah. You know, you never know. Yeah. It may be that Jimmy or Rodney didn't do it. I just don't you know? think that it was that's fair of them so open and shut. to assume right. how the jury would take those people instead of... Just doing it. it. I think yeah. it would have been better to have let them put on the stand. And then if the jury took their their statements as bad, you can say at least we put we were all in and we played all our cards. Yeah. If we don't play our cards, we don't know if we're going to win. That's true. You I know? mean, they already made up their mind. So it would be your in your best interest to try to find a way to change their mind. If it means bringing up some of the bad, mm-hmm. then that's what it means, right? I think it then, would be worth the risk. Then You're already a, fucked. Then yeah. as a jury member, when I'm in the back deliberating, whether you live or die. At least you have a question maybe about whether or not he really did it. Well, and not only that, but if I'm deliberating whether you live or die, and I already know that you have this possible history then it's going to be easier for me than if I'm deliberating and I'm like, wait a second, he has a history? Why wasn't this brought up? Are they trying to cover it up because they don't want us to know? Okay, well, now I'm suspicious because mm-hmm. now you're hiding information from me. So I think it's better to be honest at the get-go. I agree. So then there was uh, one of Stite's friend. His name is Ronnie Reveal. He told investigators about a conversation he had with uh, Stacy shortly before her death. He said that she seemed really down 
and he asked her what was wrong and she said that she and her boyfriend were having problems and also that her boyfriend had a violent temper. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. a lot of policemen you take it home. Yep. Are have wives that are it's like number one domestic, domestic yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really bad. Well, I mean, they deal with a lot of shit. I'm not saying it's okay, but I can understand they have a they they deal with a lot of shit every day. They are the enemy even though they are trying to help people. So I get the frustration mm-hmm. and I get I get that. I don't under, I've never been through it, but I understand why they would be the way they are. And this this one I'm about to read back to your theory of the police officers going and like frightening people because one of the witnesses they did call, her name is Julia Estes, who was a local bar owner, significantly changed her testimony concerning her knowledge of their relationship. So she basically changed it. And of course they believe it's because the the police went in and frightened her. She was told that if she testified she would pay for it. Some mm-hmm. nice uh yeah. some, some nice witness um, witness tampering and then, tampering yeah strong the, arm the bad part about that is right after the trial she was picked up for a DWI did she get on the witness stand like did she she did she but testify? her testimony when she got on the stand was different than what she told the defense attorney right so she changed it to how they wanted it I'm sure yeah or, and they still picked her up for DWI yeah, she got picked up for a DWI right after the trial and it also says the court record does not reflect that the attorneys were ever, they didn't tell the judge about their concerns that the witnesses might have been threatened. No, because they were threatened. Mm-hmm. So according to Reed, he said he had not seen Stites since the night before she died, in the late hours of April 21st to the early hours of April 22nd. The last time I saw her ever was late Sunday night, early Monday. And so the last time he saw her was typical of their arrangement. He said he bumped into her like a gas station that had pool tables in the back, a jukebox. Uh, I bumped into her. We struck up a conversation, small talk. After that, this was when they first met, I guess. After that, he said they saw each other every week or so. Sometimes she would stop by the community center, sometimes by his parents' house, even though his mom didn't like it. But more typically, they would meet before she went to work and head to the state park, talk, have sex, the last time they saw they saw each other, he said they were at the park. They were in between both inside and out of the truck. Yes, I had sex with her. After a while, he said they drove off. She dropped him near town. She took a left and went her way. I went mine. That was the last time I saw her. Still, that doesn't prove he did it, right? Doesn't disprove it, but it doesn't yeah. prove it. Well, I mean, all, all they had was his finger... Uh, well, uh, well, his well, finger I semen. was going to say fingerprints, but that's not right. Every time there's a murder, there's motive. There's a reason why that person killed Mostly. the other person. Mostly. Look at the plan of Terminator. I was angry. I shot him. Well, he had a mental problem. Like, he was enraged, yeah, but right? But is sickness motive? What reason or motive would Rodney Reed have to kill her? He knows by having this affair with her that there's never going to be a future with her. She's engaged to a policeman. That's never going to change. He is black. She is white in a small Texas town. Unless they run away together, I'm sure he knows that they're never going to have a future. I don't think he was planning on having no, a future with he her. he was just having fun with her. Yeah. So killing her gains him what? Yeah. He's a black man in a Texas town messing with a white woman who's engaged to a white police officer. He would not want to do anything Mm-mm. to get in the policeman's eyes because he of who he is and what he's doing. So why would he kill her? Yeah, that's a great and question. What what reason would he have to kill her? Maybe they were having sex and he wanted to try butt stuff and she didn't <laughs> want it, so he did it anyway and afterwards decided to kill her. I don't believe that that would be the reason. I'm not saying that's I what happened. I'm not saying that is the reason. I'm just saying there is 
always the but other side could, of that coin. There is no coin that she he would kill her. I do. You cannot really make me believe any coin that he would kill her. But I do think there's a much higher reason that Jimmy Finnell killed her for having an affair oh, yeah. with him. And Could making, you imagine? I make, found out that you're having sex with some dude a town over when you're supposed to be at work. I'd kill everybody in that town. I'd salt the fucking earth. So not even the, a town over. The same town. I truly believe that he was made a fool of in his town where mm-hmm. he's the big guy, right? His buddies he's were sitting big... there drinking beer. They're like, hey, she's over here right now having sex with him. Yeah. Oh, yep. That's what I That's what I think happened. I, I think that he, he, I think he knew about it and he was just biding his time. And I think he was going to take Rodney Reed out, not her. I think he was going to find a way to get rid of him in the sense of either put him away or make him guilty of the crime. I think he would have gotten Rodney Reed out because he likes control, right? He's he's a policeman, right? They control situations, but he's crazy because he had told her before. So I kind of watched the Dr. Phil episode on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, there's a lot of stuff about yeah. it. Yeah, so when I was watching Dr. Phil, um, he was talking about, uh, he had Rodney Reed's attorney on there, or for the, with the Innocence Project. No, I'm going to need had, you to do now is tell the truth. Okay? <laughs> and he had Jimmy Finnell's attorney on there. And... When they were taught, when they were both talking, he had said there was an occasion, multiple occasions that other people had heard Jimmy Finnell tell her, "If I ever find out you're having an affair, especially on a black man, I'll strangle you." So he basically already said how he would commit, and the that's crime. exactly how she was killed. Mm-hmm. I do not think by any, I just don't. It doesn't fit for me that he would want to kill her. Yeah, I don't believe it either. It just does. I, it just doesn't make sense. Mm-mm. There's no. Yeah. It just. It doesn't. Evidence tells a story. Especially lack thereof or right. made mm-hmm. up thereof evidence. Yeah. It just doesn't. Evidence that just showed up. And it's convenient evidence. Uh-huh. That's the thing. When real evidence is found, it's things that you wouldn't think of, right? Because it's it's evidence. You don't know it's there. You don't know what all is being tested. I know it was in the 90s, so it wasn't mm-hmm. as good as it is now. Yeah. But having sex with someone doesn't mean that person killed you. Absolutely not. So let's fast forward to 2007. So Rodney's in jail. Stacy's dead. Everybody thinks, I mean, they've got people that think Rodney did it and people that think Jimmy did it. So in 2007, Jimmy Fennell and his partner, they're working. They get a domestic disturbance call. So they go to this place. There's a young couple outside fighting. And so they go up. And immediately they separate them. Jimmy talks to the man and his partner talks to the female. So they're trying to get the story. Turns out they're drunk and they're underage. And the guy's in the military. So they're like, please don't take us to jail. We're really sorry. You know, we don't want to. Well, how'd you get the alcohol? We're not, we don't want to tell. We don't want to get them in trouble. But we're just going to go inside. We're fine. So then they switch. So the Jimmy starts talking to the female and his partner starts talking to the male. His partner takes the male and they leave. And so the female's like, hey, are you going to arrest? Like, I need to go with my my boyfriend. She said, I'm worried he's going to be thrown in jail. And he goes, no, we're not. We're not taking him to jail. We're taking him to a, an apartment so he can sober up. And I'll take you there. Let's go. So they get in his cop car. And she says that it was cold outside. So he turned the heater on. She sat in the front. He was really nice to her. And she hadn't been in Georgetown very long, so she didn't really know. And she didn't know where they were going, right? He just I don't even know what you're going to say. And my yeah. heart's racing. I'm so yeah. mad. Yeah. So they're driving. Well, he pulls up to a park and he gets out and he goes around and makes her get out. And they go to the back corner of the car 
right? On the passenger side on the corner. Away from the camera. Yep. And away from, like, if someone were to drive by, they would just see him, right, on the other side of the car, but not... I mean, it was an open place, she said. So he starts taking stuff out of his police belt, and he shows it to her as he takes it out, right? And he puts it on the car. Then he takes the gun, and he puts it where it points right at her. And he bends her over and basically rapes her. Then he puts her back in the car, and he gets back in the car, and he tells her... If you ever tell anybody, I will kill you. So he drives her back to her apartment, watches her get out of the car and walk up to the door. And she is freaking out. As soon as she goes in, she calls 911. So they send an ambulance, right? So while she's waiting for the ambulance, somebody starts banging on the door. Well, she opens the door and it's Jimmy and two other cops. So she takes off running. She just runs. And as she's running, she looks and sees that Jimmy's not following her anymore. It's just two other cops. So she stops. They take her... They take her back to the police car, and as she's walking back to the car, he comes out from behind the tree. So she starts running again. Two other cops pick her up and take her in. She tells him, I need a rape kit, I need a rape kit, I need a rape kit. I was raped, and so she tells a story. So they go and look at Jimmy's car. Well, they find some of her hairs in the front, so that verifies that she was in the front seat, and they can look at the prints in the, the back of the car and see that her handprints are there, her, the prints of her face, like they can tell that what she said was true. But they didn't find any evidence of a rape. Meaning they could tell that she had forceful sex, but there wasn't any DNA or anything. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't know how he pulled that off, but that's what they said. So he basically, he doesn't confess to doing anything. He just, he ends up getting, um, told her to keep her mouth shut. He said, or when I'm released from prison, I'll hunt you down and kill you. She said that the part that got to her more than anything is how calm he was. She said he didn't act like this was his first time. He was comfortable being mean and hateful. He was angry, especially when she first told him no. It made him mad, very mad. His demeanor before and after the assault led her to believe that he's very capable of more violence and that she totally believed that he was probably the one that killed Stacy. She said, I 100% believe that what he did to me was not the first time that he did something like that and he is more than capable of murder. So he did plead guilty to reduce charges saying that he had inappropriate behavior with uh, someone that he had in custody. He wouldn't say rape. He just said, I acted inappropriately with someone that I had in custody. So he served 10 years or he was sentenced to 10 years and was scheduled to be released in September of 2018. Which has to be scary for the victim, right? Because she really probably believes that he's going to kill her when he gets out, right? Um, that town is 3,000 miles away from me. I'd be gone, no gone, shit. gone. I don't care about family or nothing. I'm, see ya. <clears throat> and then, of course, um, Fennell's attorney said it's very important to note that he was never convicted of rape or sexual assault. That's what he kept A saying. A plea agreement was reached. Um, And the sexual assault charges were dismissed, but he pled guilty to kidnapping and improper sexual activity with the person in custody. I have a question. Yes. What's your question? About how fucking corrupt this town is. Yeah. My first question is, if she called 911, did she tell them what policemen raped her? She, I don't know what she told him. And that's why she did say, because there's an interview with her. It doesn't show her face, but I listened to the interview and she was pissed because, well, when she first opened the door, she thought that the ambulance, that the 911 operator did also call the cops. So she was still on 911. She said, why'd you call the fucking cops? And the 911 operator told her, I didn't call the cops. And that's when she decided to run. Assface McGillicuddy heard it over the radio and went back. Bam. I was just, you took the words out of my mouth. They heard it on the radio 
and because I'm sure he wasn't very far from her apartment whenever he I got chills whenever he heard that she called nine one one. I'm still wiping things up. Because I was thinking if she called nine one one and said Jimmy Fennell just or I don't or know Captain what she Fennell said. Or, it doesn't or say Policeman she never Fennell said what she just, said to them. Just raped me behind his police car. Well, I don't know that she would have known his name. Maybe I don't know what she said. Maybe if she said his name. They may have alerted him Mm-mm. before they alerted the... I don't the, think so. The... I think he overheard it on the police radio, on the scanner, and just went back. Because I'm, I'm sure he didn't get too far. I mean, he, he knew that there was a possibility that she wasn't scared enough and she was still going to call 911, right? That's a risk you take. In March of 2018, Jimmy Fennell was released from prison. He was approved for parole on February 23rd, released in March. He was released under mandatory supervision from Huntsville. His attorney said, Jimmy's looking forward to resuming his life with his family in a quiet and peaceful environment, having paid for the crime that he actually did commit. Uh, One of the crimes (laughs) that he did commit. Stacy's sister, Deborah, says, "I, I guess in a way, a part of him died the day that Stacy died too, you know? His life has never been the same. She said, after they found Stacy, he was heartbroken, and I'm the one who actually sat with him a lot and held his hand while he cried. Okay, so the reason why this is relevant is... Last month, Rodney's legal team, and by the way, his execution date is November the 20th. So his legal team filed an application for clemency with the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles. The application requests the board recommend that Governor Abbott grant a continuation of his death sentence in light of the the new evidence of his innocence. So there is new evidence. uh, And also there is a Innocent Project website that if you want to sign the petition, you're able to do that. I'm signing the petition. So the new the new evidence is they are, one, there is a, a person that was in jail with Jimmy. Fellow prison mate and Aryan Brotherhood member, Arthur Snow, said that Jimmy told him that he confessed to Stacy's murder. There's one. Another piece of evidence is at Stacy's funeral, Jimmy told somebody she got what she deserved. And this is one of the many stays of execution that, that they have asked for Reed. They don't just want a stay of execution. They want him to get a new trial. He deserves a That's, new trial. I mean, he totally does deserve it. And he deserves a trial far away from there. Oh, yeah. And it should be, in, in my opinion, it should be with all new, only the new evidence, not all the old shit that they brought well, up. Well, it doesn't matter. They'll still bring it up. They have a new set of experts that are re-examining the DNA evidence. They're saying that it wasn't necessarily there at the time of her death. It could have been there days before she died. So the the previous medical examiner that said it was too fresh, that's total bullshit. Well, I was going to say that usually sperm will live in the body for 72 hours. The level of forensic examination and all of that stuff in the 90s is way different than now. Now they can probably tell you the time the sperm died. Right? Probably, yeah. Down to the second. The state is also going to question the timing of everything, right? Originally, the state based his case on a timeline that said that Stacy was killed near 3 a.m. Because they were saying that her face had a bluish tint, so did her arm, and so did her shoulder. Uh, the experts say that she died much earlier. The bluish coloration is called lividity, Right which causes uh, pooling of the blood at the lowest part of the body after death. After several hours, lividity becomes fixed, meaning the blood has congealed and tinted the skin. Once fixed, lividity won't change when a body is repositioned. When Stacy was found, her arm, her face, 
arm and shoulder shows signs of fixed lividity, but they were not the lowest points on her body. The defense experts say that they can indicate that the body was set dead for several hours at a different location before being dropped in the woods. That makes sense. Yes. It is possible that she was murdered and left at the scene in a two-hour time frame, which means that he would have had time. Yeah. Because it puts the time of death way earlier. So what was Jimmy Finnell's alibi? I don't know that he ever had one. That's a great question. Because basically that would mean that he killed her while her parents slept below them. Mm-hmm. He was home alone. Carried her to the truck. Everybody's asleep. But what, threw jizz on because her? Because he so? was the last one that saw her. He said he saw her leave for work. No, I think that, yeah, I'm sure he did see her. He got in the truck with her. Because they may have left before then. And they may have gotten or in the truck together. Maybe, and maybe they were talking about... Maybe he caught up with her right after she had sex. But that was the day before. Just um, the lividity demonstrates that she was dead before midnight on April 22nd. When I, she was allegedly alone with Jimmy. This is what I think happened. I think that he obviously knew. I think his buddies gave him a hard time. And I think because he was the one that found out. I think he obviously found out. Asked her about it. And told her that he wanted to talk to her about some stuff. And I think he knew that because her parents lived below them, he had to get her out of the house. So I think that they drove to the school parking lot and I think they were talking. And I think that she probably admitted to the affair and she was, and he was probably in the driver's seat. She was in the passenger seat, which is why the seat was further back. Mm-hmm. And I think that he that she either made fun of him or maybe said something or said... I enjoy him, or I like him, or he's better than you, or I'm going to leave you for him or something. And he thought, oh, hell no, you're not. And I think he strangled her, and then I think he sodomized her to make it look like a rape. Yep. And then I think he called his buddies, and his buddies met them at the school, and they talked about what to do, and they decided to dump her down the road. Yep. That's what I think. That's what I think, too. I thought the exact same thing. That's what I think. That they drove off together. Because um, he had to have people see them leave together, right? Or he normally, mm-hmm. and say, oh, well, we went and got some dinner and we went back and went to bed, mm-hmm. right? I went to bed and she went to work. Yep. But he knew he couldn't kill her in the apartment because her parents lived below her. Yep. And, and any sure struggle, if they're yelling and all that. I mean, they live downstairs, so if there's running and stomping and yelling, they're going to hear it. Right. So he had to get her away. You're right. Mm-hmm. And they went to where they could talk and yell if they needed to yell. And I High think school wasn't very far away. He told his friends just make sure that I know make sure you the, dump her somewhere between where the high school is and where she works, mm-hmm. and make sure that the first thing they test for is the sperm because I know she slept with him the day before, mm-hmm. and that's why he didn't sleep with her. Son of a bitch. He's a fucking piece of shit. This is ridiculous. Yeah. An innocent man. One life that's killed innocently is too many. Yeah. So rest in peace, Stacy Stites. And let's say Rodney Reed. Yeah. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Thank you. Love you. (laughs) Case file 24. Stacy Stites. Closed.